It is so great to see your faces today here with us in person. And I want to say hello to everyone who is also watching online. It's so great that you're tuning in with us. We are so glad to spend a few moments with you. How's everyone doing today? <laughs> are you loving this weather? Yeah, I am loving this weather. I don't know uh, if you're watching online from somewhere outside of Calgary. I don't know what your weather's like, but we rarely get really nice weather, and we've been having some nice weather. So I'm really happy. I love this time of year, and the reason is, is because I love to visit garden centers. I love to drag my husband to all kinds of different garden centers because I love looking at all of the beautiful plants and bushes and trees and all the lovely things that are there. I love seeing the options that are out there. And there are some really cool plants that are out there, just beautiful colors. And there's so many possibilities. Does anybody else also enjoy doing this or am I the only one? <laughs> Oh, thank you, brother. Uh, you know, I, I love going there and looking and then making plans and dreaming about what my yard can look like, right? I, I love to just plot it all out and think about it and uh, organize it and decide, you know, which ones belong here, which ones belong there. And, uh, and I, I heard that Pastor Todd shared a story with you uh, recently about our beloved cherry tree. And, and I heard that, that he shared his version of the story. But today, I'm going to share my version of the story. Because I think you want the truth. And I think you can handle the truth. You see, I had a dream about having a fruitful cherry tree. So I went out and I hand-selected a wonderful little cherry tree from the garden center. It was so cute. And I planned the perfect location in my yard. I had watched the sun rise and, and set, so I knew where the best location for this little tree was going to be. Uh, the best amount of sun that this tree would get, it, would just, it was the ideal location. And so I had big plans, and I had big dreams for this tree. And I could just see it planted there growing to be about 15 feet tall. Birds nesting in the branches. Baby rabbits sleeping in its shade. Little girls picking the blossoms and, and, and making, you know, flower halos for their hair. I had dreams that the cherry harvest of my tree would be so bountiful 
It would provide fresh fruit for my entire neighborhood. <laughs> I had dreams of fresh cherry pies and cherry muffins and cherry jams made by my neighbors and my mom, of course, not by me. <laughs> I had such wonderful plans for my tree. I had such high hopes for its harvest and, and the enormity of what it was going to produce. But my tree died, and all my dreams were shattered. You see, I had a dream, and I had great plans, and everything was looking really good at first. And then real life happened. Things that I didn't plan for, things that I didn't foresee, things that I wasn't even prepared for happened. And in the end, all that was left of my dream was two dried out sticks and half a pot of dirt sitting on the side of the road. Now I could have gone back to the garden center. I could have kicked that door down and said, hey, you know that tree you sold me? Well, it's dead now. So thanks a lot. But you know the garden center guy, he's going to ask you questions. He's going to start poking around to find out what happened to my tree. And I can't like that. You see, he didn't sell me the wrong tree. It was definitely a fruit-bearing tree. It was the right kind of tree. And it was full of potential. It was perfectly healthy when I bought it. Perfectly healthy, perfectly capable of bearing fruit. There was nothing dysfunctional about my tree. And I can't blame my neighbors or my mom, because there wasn't any fruit. Because I, I really, I, 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 I couldn't expect fruit because it, it really had no chance to flourish or bear fruit. Because the real problem was I never planted my tree. You see, I neglected to do the things that I needed to do to ensure that it would survive and it would thrive and it would produce fruit. I let my tree die. And I know what you're thinking right now. You're thinking, Pastor Jan, haven't you been listening to the message series we've been talking about? Because if you had, you would know that Jeremiah 17, 8 says that he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. And you would also know, Pastor Jan, if you had read your Bible, 
That in Psalms 92, verse 13 and 14, it says that those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish, thrive, blossom. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. And you're probably wondering, how could I have let this happen? After all my big dreams and plans. After all the information and knowledge that is out there that says trees flourish when planted. It seems like common sense. Just plant the tree. So why didn't I plant? Probably for the same reasons why a lot of us don't plant. You see, I couldn't commit my energy. Planting is hard work. You have to dig through tough dirt. You have to get rid of the old dirt. You got to put it in a wheelbarrow and get it off your property. You got to pick out weeds and rocks and trash. <laughs> you got to make a big hole. Way bigger than the actual size of the tree. Things get messy, dirty. And then you got to lift this tree out of its pot. And you got to put it in the hole and it's backbreaking, you know? That, that's hard work. And then you got to fill that hole with good soil. Oh, and you're not done yet because you got to water it. And you got to pay attention to watering it because if you don't give it enough water, it's in trouble. And frankly, I just didn't want to commit all of my energy to the amount of work that it was going to take to plant this tree. Also, I couldn't engage with my surroundings. You know, my, my environment just never seemed to be right for planting. It was always, you know, too rainy or too hot or too cold or too windy. My surroundings were never favorable for planting. I kept waiting for the conditions to be perfect for planting. But perfect never happened. Also, I couldn't get my schedule to connect with a gardening routine. I was always too busy. I mean, after all, I have two kids, one in high school and one in college, and they're busy. They got busy lives, you know. We got baseball games and practices and tournaments and, you know, exams. And, and I work. I work. And, and, and my work is busy, and it's never-ending. My schedule just never seemed to allow me the chance to plant. But the final straw was that I couldn't shake my friend's opinion. You see, I, I have a friend who has a really nice yard. Really, really beautiful flower beds. And everything is perfect and pristine 
and lovely and perfectly placed. And so I went to my friend and, and I, I told my friend about my cherry tree and all my beautiful plans and dreams to, to plant this lovely tree. And, and my friend said, oh, no. Don't plant there. <laughs> You'll regret it. It's going to be messy. You're going to have to prune the branches. And you're always going to be picking up rotten fruit off your lawn. It's going to be a huge headache and a real pain. Don't do it. And so my friend, you know, she, she painted a really negative picture of what things were going to look like. And, and I got scared of all the work and the mess and and all the things that were going to have to happen in order for my dream to be achieved. So I didn't plant. Maybe you can relate to some of these same reasons for not planting. Maybe you felt the same way. Or heard the same concerns. Or maybe even said the same things. After all. Planting takes commitment and hard work. And we only have so much energy. We can only commit to so many things. You start to throw church in there and, you know, we got a pretty big to-do list. And church just seems to be another thing added to your already way too long to-do list. Or maybe you've watched other friends or family members burn out because they were overcommitted. And you just want to, you know, avoid that, right? You, you just want to be a good steward of your life and a good steward of your time. And you don't want to burn out, you know? Or maybe you've been burned in other places that you've been planted. And you just don't want to repeat that cycle again. You see... Planting requires the right environment. You know, maybe, maybe you can't seem to find the right environment, the right church environment, you know. Your kids don't like it, you know. Your spouse doesn't like it. It's hard to relate to those people, you know. You don't seem like you fit in really. And, or maybe you're frustrated with all the hypocrites and sinners that you keep finding in church, you know. You don't want to be around those kind of people. <laughs> so, the environment's not right. You know, planting, it's inconvenient on your normal routine and your normal schedule. You know, you, you have to stop what you normally do and actually give it time. You have to create time in your schedule in order to plant. And maybe if you're like me, you're afraid to lose your free time. You know, you don't have much of it. And weekends are really the only time you have to be with your family or to do what you need to do for yourself to recharge, you know. If you get planted somewhere um, or if you're trying to plant somewhere, you know, people might start to expect things from you. They might start to... Uh, uh, you know, ask you to do things that you don't want to do or you can't do, you know. And of course, planting comes with its own set of problems. 
What if you ended up somewhere that you shouldn't be? Planted in the wrong place, surrounded by weird people and doing things that you don't want to do. Now that's a risk, you know. And what if those people start to consume all of your extra time and, and just suck the life right out of you, you know? All your energy. And what if in the end, you're the one who's completely overcommitted and you're constantly left cleaning up the mess? But the worst would be, what if you like miss out on something better? Because... You're stuck in a place where nothing's happening. Like you planted in a place where just nothing's going on and you miss out because of it and something else great is happening somewhere else but not where you're planted. These are all very real fears. Years ago, I knew this couple. Let's just call them Dave and Karen. Those aren't their names. And if your name is Dave or Karen, I'm not talking about you. I'm just borrowing your name for this story. But Dave and Karen, they were a great couple. They were, they were wonderful. They grew up around the church, met at the church. You know, they knew all about God. They weren't super serious about the church. You know, they could take it or leave it, you know. But they had so much potential. They had big dreams for their life together. And so they got married, and they started to build their life. They started their family. They started to really dig into their work. They even started to move up in their careers, advance and get promotions and, you know. Then they started to make it a real priority to get promotions and advance and move up and make more money and buy more things and buy nice things. And then they had to make even more money to pay for all the nice things that they wanted to buy. And so, you know, naturally, we saw less and less of them around the church. They were, they were busy. You know, they were busy building their life, living their life. You know, there was always something more important that they had to do. There's always something else more appealing or interesting or attractive outside of, you know, church life, right? And it was really hard for them to commit to doing anything at church because, you know, they were busy and they didn't want to make room in their schedule for church because it might take away from other things they were busy doing. And so they spent their time. Pursuing money, pursuing things, hanging out with friends that also pursued money, pursued things. None of these things are wrong. I'm, I'm not trying to say that what they were doing was bad. I'm just telling the story. But eventually the company that they were keeping, the friends they were keeping, you know, started to get a little sour towards the church and often spoke negatively about it. You know, which of course just painted a negative picture about church life and reinforced their fears of planting and getting overcommitted with their time and losing themselves in the church and, you know, somehow, you know, being burnt out. 
But soon, the pressure of keeping up with appearances of having money and having nice things, that started to increase, and bills started to pile up. Their debt increased. And Karen increasingly was more and more agitated and frustrated with Dave and uh, found it harder and harder not to tell him that she was frustrated. And so her nagging kept increasing and wearing on Dave and things became very strained in their marriage and even actually a little bit aggressive. And then Dave's eyes kind of wandered off of Karen and onto somebody else at his work. And eventually, Karen was tired of it, couldn't take it any longer. So she kicked Dave out of the house and filed for a separation. Now uh, they're in debt over their heads, they've got young children. And they're staring down the road of divorce. They're bitter with God because he didn't fix their debt problems and help them out when they thought that he should. And they're mad at the church. And they're mad at church leaders because church leaders didn't save their marriage. And you know, I can't help but wonder. What if, what if Dave and Karen had just been planted all along? What if they put the same amount of effort into planting as they put into pursuing money and things? Maybe maybe would they be in a different situation right now in their life? And I, I couldn't help but consider that if they were firmly planted in the house of God, there would be multiple connections and relationships around them. You know, kind of Tying them together and tying them to people. You know, they, ha they sell these things at the garden centers or, or the dollar store uh, called tree ties. And uh, I bought a package. I never opened the package because I never planted the tree. But um, I have them, and they're these green things, and you can tie um, the tree branch to, like, a stick in the ground. And it helps the tree grow straight and also um, weather the storms better, right? So if, if a big gust of wind comes along, your tree has less of a chance of, of being pushed over because it's tied to something else that's stuck in the ground. And you know, if you're tied and connected to other people in relationship, you can't easily be uprooted because there's something that's strong that's holding you in place and when the storms of life 
come up against you and the winds start blowing, these connections, you know, they would tie them together. They, they would help prevent them from being knocked over. And I couldn't help but wonder that if they were firmly planted, they probably would never get thirsty or hungry or, or never terribly thirsty and hungry because their root system would be deep and wide. And it would allow them to access water and nourishments and nutrients from deep, rich soil. And there would be godly teaching and godly counsel and wise, godly people around them that would add nourishment back to their souls. Add rich soil back to their tree roots. They wouldn't be trying to survive on flimsy topsoil. You know, topsoil, it dries out very quickly. And uh, it blows away all the time, constantly. And it lacks any nutrients. And I kept thinking, if they were firmly planted, their branches would be regularly groomed, pruned by very diligent gardeners, people who would be watching out over their health, inspecting, you know, for diseases or bugs or parasites or anything that's eating the leaves or, or spoiling the fruit, tending to their branches and you know, maybe you can relate to some of the reasons that I shared for not planting my beloved cherry tree maybe you've been afraid of how much energy it will require to plant and maybe you felt like you've just really never felt like you were in the right environment or you just haven't had time. Or you have people in your life that every time you go to plant, they try and talk you out of it. Telling you all the horror stories of what's going to happen if you do. Or maybe you can relate to Dave and Karen's story. You're in over your head. Pressures of life. Trying to keep up the lifestyle that you thought you always wanted, but it's consuming everything you have. Maybe you're frustrated with your nagging spouse. <laughs> Maybe you're mad at God. Maybe you're mad at the church or mad at church leaders. Or maybe you're just disconnected. You know, it's really easy during this season of shutdowns and lockups to get disconnected. It's really easy to just stay home. Not call anyone. Not even leave your house. Stay in your pajamas all day. You can work from home. You can, nobody knows you're in your pajamas. You're on your computer, you know. You don't have to talk to anyone or see anyone. Close all your blinds. Never go outside. You know, you're doing your part to keep yourself safe and keep everyone else safe. There's a lot of reasons why, you know, that sounds like a good idea, you know. 
but you can end up being completely disconnected to life-giving resources. And you might not even remember how to connect, you know? After a few months of that, you kind of get into a routine and you forget how to connect with other humans, you know? Maybe you're kind of stuck and you don't even know how to get the help you need. I want to encourage you today. You can make a decision to change your life today. No matter what situation you might find yourself in, you can actually choose to change it today. If you're planted already, I want to encourage you, stay planted. Don't let negative voices chip away at your roots or chip away at the soil that you're planted in. Don't, don't let that happen. Guard that. Or don't let the pursuit of other things uproot you. Now, I'm not saying that pursuing things is wrong. No, no, no. Hear me out. But don't let the pursuing of your dreams or a bigger, better life uproot you from the good ground you're already planted in. Find people who will help connect you to rich resources. Look for those kind of people to have in your life, in your circle. And if you're struggling to stay planted, maybe you're feeling a little dry, maybe even a little burnt out, I would encourage you to check your roots. See if they're planted deep enough. See if the soil needs a little bit more nourishment. Maybe it's time to really dig in and let your roots go down deep. Maybe you thought, oh, okay, I'll plant here, but I'm not going to go too deep because I want to be ready in case I get called somewhere else. I want to be ready in case I see better ground over there so that I can easily just, you know, uproot things and, and just move on over there. Because I don't want to miss out. Maybe it's time to just let your roots grow down deep. Right where you're at. And if you're not planted, you're completely cut off. You are cut off from life-giving water. You are cut off from nutrients. And the storms of life, they're going to keep coming. They're going to keep coming, and they're going to keep blowing, and you're going to keep getting knocked over. You know, every time I came home, my plant was knocked over my tree every time. No matter where I put it, that pot that tree, no matter where I moved it, every time I, I came home, it had been knocked over. I thought my neighbors were punking me or something, but it was, it was the wind. It was the wind, and because it was in a pot, it was unstable. 
And, and every time the wind started up, it just easily knocked it over. All that dirt flying everywhere all over. The heat, it's going to come and it's going to dry out your leaves. And you're going to die in that pot on the side of the road. And, and I know that's not what your dream was. That's not ever what you intended to happen. You didn't want to end up that way. That was not my dream. I did not want to see my beloved tree knocked over every time I came home. But in order to survive and thrive through the storms, through the heat, through the challenges, and in order to be fruitful, it's going to require being planted. My tree died because it wasn't connected to a life-giving source. You see, we need to be connected. We need that life that only comes from being connected with God and with each other. It is life-giving source. John chapter 5 Verse 5 says this, and, and I know you know this scripture, a lot of you do. Um, this, is a, this is a very familiar one. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. I, I have heard that scripture a thousand times at least in my life. Read it over so many times I hardly even noticed that last phrase. For without me you can do nothing. You want to be fruitful? You want to have a great harvest? You want to supply a great harvest for those around you. You want to bring life and joy, beauty. You got to be connected. You got to be planted. You got to draw your life from the source. You cannot bear fruit unless you're connected. You can't do anything sitting in a pot on the side of the road. He is the vine, and we are the branches. He is the source. He is the key to our lives being strong, healthy, fruitful. You've got to get connected to the vine. You've got to get connected to the place where he blessed and said, this is my body. This is my bride. This is the only thing I care about <laughs> here on earth is the church. And if you're not willing to plant, don't be surprised 
if you can't bear fruit. It's not shocking. But today, you can choose to plant. You can choose to set your fears aside, to roll up your sleeves, pull out your shovel, start digging a hole, and really make a decision to plant. Not half plant. Not plant shallowly so that, you know, at a moment's notice, if you need to, you can just uproot and leave, you know. You know, just because I am standing here and wrote this message doesn't mean that I haven't had moments in my life where I have not felt planted or not wanted to plant or not wanted to allow my roots to go down too deep, you know. Want to be flexible in case, uh, you know, the story changed and I needed to, you know, leave quickly. But you know, I got tired of being dried out. Got tired of being thirsty got tired of things not going the way I wanted them to, you know? My dreams not coming true. I, I, I didn't see the fruit I wanted to see. Didn't see the, the blossoms happening the way I envisioned they would. And I had to make a decision. Okay, if this is where you said to plant, then this is where I plant. No more questions. No more arguing. No more hoping for a different location. <laughs> you know? I just had to make a decision to plant. And you, you can do it too. Wherever you're at right now, I want to pray for you. If you're at home and you're connecting with something that I described or you're here and you're feeling it, I'm going to trust that the Holy Spirit is talking to you right now. And you know who you are. And you know what decisions you need to make today. Because you know, leaves are curling up, falling off, and the soil's getting pretty low, right? So Father, I thank you. God, I thank you for the truth of who you are, the truth of your word. God, that you indeed knew exactly what you meant when you wrote that you are the source, that you are the vine, that we need you and we need to be connected and plugged in with you and with each other. And God, I thank you that you are so gracious and so loving. God, that you bring us into gardens. You bring us into places where we can plant. Lord, you surround us by people who are rich with resources and who can help add to us and help inspect what's going on and help shape us. And 
help get rid of the, the nasty things that might be attaching themselves to us. And Father, I thank you that Holy Spirit, right now, you're speaking to each one of us. More for those that need to let their roots go down. God, I pray that they would not be afraid to do that. They would not have a fear that they're missing out on something great that's happening somewhere else because they chose to let their roots go down here. But God, they would trust that you're all-knowing and you have a plan and you know exactly where they need to be. And so, Father, I thank you for that. I pray that you would strengthen each one of us. Help us, God. Help us to be diligent. Help us to dig deep. Help us to get the nutrients we need. Help us to tie ourselves together in relationships so that when the wind comes, nobody gets knocked over.